Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. So you guys know that I'm always looking for someone who is super cool, someone who is really smart, someone who is making a difference into people's life. And in this journey, I've interviewed a lot of people, people from neuroscience, people from exercise physiology, spiritual masters, and much more. And sometimes what happens is I get to connect with beautiful people through these people. Today on the show, I have a special guest through who I have connected to other podcasts. Um, it is an honor to have her on the show. And she's someone special because she has done so many things. Today on the show, I have someone who has over 20 years of experience in physical therapy, exercise physiology, massage, neurophysiology, athletic training, alternative medicine. Not only does she have the experience that she holds, but she also has an amazing educational background. She holds a bachelor degree in science majoring in physical therapy and cardiac rehab a master's degree in exercise science she has been she has a credential of being a health coach and a certified functional manual therapist she ladies and gentlemen has worked as strength and conditioning coach for the US Olympic committee she is personal trainer for the top sports institute in New York City she's an exercise physiologist and she does so much more DL Walker, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much, CJ. It's um, it's an honor to be with you, and and hopefully give your uh, your viewers uh, some insight and some mm -hmm. philosophy about uh, their body and exercise and health in general. And these are things that I've learned not just as a professional, but also as a person through the journey of my own health and managing that as well for the last 38 years. Wow, I'm, I'm so glad that I can get to speak with you and share all of uh, your experiences, knowledge, tricks, hacks with the audience today. But you know what, DL? You have this habit because you've been in this, um, this field for so long. You have this natural tendency to make people's life easy, but you made my life very difficult. Do you wanna know why? Sure. Because you're so qualified and so experienced mm -hmm. and your experience just doesn't end. So while I was introducing you, I was just hoping that I don't say anything wrong. So I just want to make sure, did I say anything wrong or did I get things I somewhere you, right? I, you, it, it, was, it was right enough. And, um, and thank you for that introduction. When I hear it, um, you know, a lot of times when we go through life, you know, we, we think that we haven't accomplished enough and to hear what we have accomplished, I think is, is great. So I think everybody should read their own resume or CV from time to time. And, uh, as well as, you know, in, in my day, we had a high school yearbook. So mm -hmm. if you're ever having a down day, go ahead and, 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 or you feel like you haven't accomplished anything in your life, go ahead and, and, uh, take a look at those two things. So thank you. Um, for that introduction, I, I do appreciate. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, now when I think about it, this can be one good piece of hack that you can do maybe with yourself or with your friend. Just read one of your friend's resume and ask them to read yours and you'll feel great. 
Thank you. Exactly. We just started and you've started giving us <laughs> biohacks already. Now, tell me, Dio, why does someone go and study physical therapy, then exercise science, then fitness and cardiac rehab? Did you want to go into the Olympics right away or what was your main motivation? You know, it, it's quite not that that interesting. I, I always wanted to be a physical therapist and um, life kind of brought me in different directions. So my journey to physical therapy actually took nine years to becoming a physical therapist. And wow. it was uh, it was an interesting journey. I learned a lot from it and I gained this background. And what's super interesting, I think, is that oftentimes when you're going through it. And again, you haven't achieved a certain goal and you, and you look at something and you're like, oh, that was a waste of time. Time is not wasted. So as it turned out, I received my cardiac rehab and fitness degree first, my exercise science master second, and then went back to physical therapy school. And so mm -hmm. uh, again, early in my career, I, I primarily used my physical therapy, but I had those principles that came back to me. And I'll tell you, I, to this day, quote teachers and professors from each of those degrees, things that wow. I learned in those classes. So I give those examples all the time and I never would have had them if I had just gone straight to physical therapy school. And so I now consider it, you know, a real blessing. And certainly with the program that I'm doing right now called Correctisize, and it's a, a more, holistic program because mm -hmm. one of the things I've come to realize very recently is that when you have, let's say uh, a knee problem, mm -hmm. it's not just a knee problem. And I learned this as a physical therapist. When you have a knee problem, you need to address not only the knee, but you also need to address the foot because the foot is the base of support of your knee. So it's like the foundation of a house. And if the foundation, which is your feet, or we can think of it like the wheels on a car, if the foundation or the wheels are not aligned, everything going on above that area is going to be impacted, some places more so than others. So that is um, you know, kind of how I started my online journey was with the foot and ankle. And so now we're transforming the body from the ground up mm -hmm. with uh, correct size. So I think that that is a great message for people that if they have a knee injury and they haven't addressed the foot and the pelvis, they really need to go back and have the professionals that they're working with take a look at that because the foot nine times out of 10, any knee problem is a foot problem. Mm -hmm. I have found. This is why I was so intrigued to talk to you because you're looking at things from a different angle. Now, as you mentioned, if someone has a knee injury, then people are just going to tell them, and I'm talking in a classic exercise scenario, people will just tell them, oh, you lifted too much weights and you, you didn't have good form, but no one is actually looking at the foot and the ankle. But do you know why? No. Because looking at foot and, and talking to people about foot and ankle isn't very sexy. <laughs> people rather people rather sell things about oh yeah your ligaments and there's something else and you know just sell you a bunch of crap sorry excuse my language but not look at the foundation of what is really going on so tell me what got your interest 
in discovering these two boring things or these two not sexy things? <laughs> well, I would just say it depends on who you're talking to about the sexiness. Everyone has their own preferences uh, and that's cool. We like that. Makes the world more interesting and diverse. Mm -hmm. But um, gosh, you know, the reason I got into the foot was because early in my career, I was working primarily with older patients between 60 and 90. Mm -hmm. And a big concern for individuals, particularly over the age of 65, I think 25% of people over the age of 65 will suffer a fall. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, that number increased. Well, People don't fall when they're sitting down, usually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there are those exceptions, but they everyone falls. 99.9% .9 of falls occur in standing or walking. Mm -hmm. So what's different? The foot. So yeah. when I started and I was teaching a post-professional balance enhancement and fall prevention program, I realized the importance of the foot. And... It's clearly important because we have a discipline called podiatry, which deals primarily, you know, with the foot. So I went ahead and took that journey and I'm learning every day. I mean, even today, I thought of something really interesting um, from a from a treatment standpoint. And I, I guess I'll share it with you guys. Yes, please. When when you get a massage or when you're doing what I call release, because um, I think massage is a little bit too limiting, right? When you are releasing connective tissue in your body, it could be fascial, it could be nerve, it could be bone, it could be muscle, it could be um, skin. You don't really know what structure you're on when, when you're pressing, it could be organ, it could be visceral. So, when you're doing that, though, most of the time, what happens either when you're receiving a massage or when you're doing it to yourself, you're only working in two dimensions, right? Or mm -hmm. one dimension. You're applying a force like this way, right? Yeah. This way or this way or maybe this way or this way. And then moving it along, up or down, depending on... Where, whatever you're, you know, again, I'm just using this because I have yeah. access to Yes. Um, but what we're not thinking about is three-dimensional release, mm -hmm. which means that we, we move anatomically. If you studied anatomy, we have um, three planes of motion and three axes of motion. So without getting into the names, we just address two of them. But the third one is which very few people address, and that is rotation. So releasing the connective tissue in a rotational fashion is going to be key in addressing, especially the knee, because um, mm -hmm. the knee has a slight a bit of rotation that is associated with it. It's maybe, I think, five to seven degrees, but if you don't have it, you are extremely limited. Everyone thinks that the knee just, you know, does this. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. There's a slight bit of rotation at the very end, and that's where those cruciate ligaments come into play. And again, particularly if you're an athlete, so one of the mistakes that prof even professionals are making is they're not addressing the body in three dimensions. Mm -hmm. So that, uh, you know, that's a little bit of a key to, um, you know, why my work is a bit different than other, indivi other individuals. Is this uh, something that has always been a problem or, or let's say 
is this three-dimensional way of handling things, is this something new or is it always been there and people have just not paid attention to it? Exactly. I mean, okay. anatomy was discovered, you know, I, I can't imagine. I'm sure that those axes and planes were named back in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. But again, from a, a you know three-dimensional standpoint, maybe some people are doing it and they don't call it that. Um, but I have not come across, I've come across very few um, mm-hmm. other manual therapists of any discipline that, that address that rotational component. Mm-hmm. And um, is this why you also went ahead and designed a unique fall prevention program, which has now been used at a New York uh, City home health agency? Yes, that's that's how all of these things kind of got, you know, they just built upon and, and progressed from one thing to another. And mm-hmm. what is what is really beautiful, like I said, you think you've wasted your time, but you know, it might not make sense at the moment, but is leading you to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I'm doing right now is is probably going to lead me to the next thing, but that I'm not even aware of. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's really uh, it's really fascinating and exciting to see how things come full circle in your life. And I mean, yeah, sorry, but no, this is. I was just, um, one of the thoughts that crossed my head was that this idea of things coming full circle has been there from the beginning of time, right? You open up the Bible, you open up any Eastern um, culture book, or like you talk to all these ancient cultures and they always tell you, and you don't even have to go so far if you had your grandma who's live. And if you feel that something, she was, she was going to tell you that, hey, don't worry, it is just a stepping stone to something else. That's why we have that course, stepping stone to success. And it's so beautiful to know that, you know, you are having, you're sharing with us live examples of that, because mm-hmm. I think one of the primary things that people forget in life is that they hit, they hit a wall and then they're like, oh no, I have to go all the way back and start again. And, you know, some people, there are two parts of this. One, one subset of people would just be motivated and like they'll probably climb the wall and just jump onto the other side and the second group of people will just like hide into their shells and just be like uh you know this is all happening to me at this time and you know they might be depressed or things like that but i'm so happy that you're like sharing your experience and telling everyone that at the moment if you don't see th- if you don't see basically things making sense or they don't make as much as sense then wait for some time and you'll see that everything falls into place. So thank you for sharing that. You know, thank you. And and I think something that you said also, I, you know, I was getting some chills listening to what you were saying, but particularly about health and healing, because I think we're coming full circle in looking back at, you know, people of various different times in history and what they did to, I'll call it self-charmin, right? Mm-hmm. Or shaman, shaman, not shaman, shaman, mm-hmm. as well as um, taking and, and returning. And this is what my work is about. It's, it's giving you back the power of self-healing and self-help. So you know how we have self-help? This mm-hmm. is self-help. So self-help. I believe I like that, we've that, given that we've given that power away um, in the last mm-hmm. few decades. And we, we have it within us. We just need the right guidance and the right, the right, you know, individuals to teach us how to go back to that. So if you're looking at even certain books that have been popular, I just finished Breath 
which I thought was amazing. By James but, Nestor? Yes. Okay. And he went, yeah, went back to, um, you know, Buddhists and, and, you know, people in the Himalayas and he traveled all over the world to see what, what individuals were doing. And I just, I just found you take the, the first thing that we do when we come into, you know, this world is take a breath and the power of that, um, that function. It is, you know, it's just fascinated. It's fascinating to me. And I think it's a real great conduit into the mind, body, spirit component. It's probably the best one that we have. I would agree. I would agree. Um, and breath is one powerful biohack for everyone who's listening. It's also for free. So uh, you don't have to pay hundreds of dollars to do it. You just need to be conscious and like maybe look up some breathing techniques and that could. And it's so what I like about breathwork is is that it is so versatile because you can do Wim Hof kind of like fire breath routine and then, mm -hmm. you know, get that sympathetic nervous system dominance. Or you can just do some nasal breathing and just get that parasympathetic mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. nervous system dominance. So it's just so much versatile. You can do it before getting into an ice bath. You can do it before getting into a sauna. You could just do it while you're walking your dog. I mean, you know, you don't even, no one even has to know. But yeah. This is the thing that most of the people that we speak to and like most of the people that we encounter because of stress, because of just anxiety, because of things that are happening in their life, they're just breathing completely wrong. And this could be a completely other podcast, right? But yeah. I wanted to um, I wanted to check with you that uh, before, for people who are listening, before we started this conversation, um, when we were offline, we were just talking about the audience and I was telling DL that some of the people, some of you who are listening are above the age of 45, 50. And um, normally when I talk to some, some people who are in that age criteria, um, they're the ones who are normally suffering with a few of the things like sarcopenia, which is the loss of skeletal muscle mass and function or for those of you who are listening, in simple terms, it means that um, you lose muscle uh, muscle density, muscle function, and um, men and women at the same age start experiencing this fluctuation and decline in hormones, which means you probably already start gaining weight. You have perimenopause in women, then men go through their own version of men menopause, which ultimately declines and fluctuates hormones like testosterone and think progesterone, things like that. And mm -hmm. as a normal result, people would experience like low libido, low energy, low bone density, even up to some degree, some kind of mental fatigue and, you know, things like anxiety and things. Now, I know that you have a brand which is called Fit Over 40. And I wanted to know, a, what was one of the your primary reasons to start that program? And B, these are things that you know we we get to hear from the later science journals and from all uh, the textbooks. But I want to know some real world scenarios that you were seeing with your patients because you're seeing so many of them every day. I mean, if if it's virtual or in um, mm -hmm. before COVID, just like looking at them. So. What are some of the most common issues that you find with these people? And maybe if you could give us some ways to like hack it, that would be yeah. very good for the audience. Absolutely. So there's there's a couple of things that you mentioned about the skeletal muscles. And obviously you mentioned about hormones, but you didn't talk about the nervous system. And mm -hmm. that's something that's super important. So there's an area, everyone knows about sight and smell and taste and touch, right? Mm -hmm. 
Well, there is a system, and this is important with balance. So somebody just um, wrote a question about um, balance, talking Close about core muscles. Uh, yes, I, I, and well, core, and when we talk about core, I believe that you're speaking about the abdominal core because we have core muscles through mm -hmm. every joint. So a core muscle is a small, very, very small muscle. It's very, very deep in the joint. So it's basically bone, ligament, core muscle, and then your mm -hmm. superficial muscles. Now the core muscles are meant to stabilize the joint so that the moving muscles can move. That's their mm -hmm. function. So I actually have a lesson back from my undergrad in athletic training about core muscles. Uh, so basically the rotator cuff is your core muscle of the shoulder. Mm -hmm. So I was given a test that said, um, what is the primary, it was called abduction, which is moving your arm out to the side, abductor of the shoulder. And so I and probably everyone else wrote the deltoid, mm -hmm. but the answer was the supraspinatus, which is a rotator cuff muscle. Why? Because if you don't have your core muscles, right, the mm -hmm. moving muscles cannot work. They can't function properly. And they also protect the joint. So what's interesting about core muscles is that for every cubic centimeter of inflammation, a muscle shuts down by 1%. And the core muscles are the closest to the joint. Like I said, they're deep. Mm -hmm. So they get weakened. When they're weakened, they can't protect the joint. When they can't protect, and you can't move as efficiently. Mm -hmm. So regarding falls, core muscles can play a factor in it because a fall is defined when your center of gravity, which is located deep within your core, right about the middle of your sacrum, your very low back, that's where your center of gravity is located, moves beyond your base of support, which is most times when you're standing, always your foot. Mm -hmm. So it's usually one of those two things, but there's a third player in here and it comes back to your question about aging and what happens over the age of 45. Sensory. There's a sensory system and it's called the vestibular system. Mm -hmm. And the vestibular system is something that no one thinks about because you're not aware of it. So, but if you lose it, whoa, you're really aware of it. Mm -hmm. So it's what keeps our head, right? And our eyes in line with the horizon. And we, that starts to atrophy around middle age. And the ways to train it, so interesting, happen to correlate with what you do as a child naturally. So what is, what is very, very interesting is that those vestibular stimulants are usually found on a playground mm -hmm. and usually don't do it beyond the age of, you know, 10, right? Mm -hmm. So when you don't use it, you lose it. So the vestibular system starts to decline and it is like, it's called, people put it akin to like the air traffic controller of the sensory system. Meaning that it is kind of in charge of, of everything else working. Mm -hmm. And that could be a player in falling as well. Uh, as well as things like awareness of the body in space. Uh, as well as coordination, as well as um, as well as concentration, and no one is training their vestib that I am aware of <laughs> is training their vestibular system. 
or even addressing it unless it's really, really compromised, in which case you um, can't even stand because you have no orientation mm -hmm. of your body and mind. So it is, um, it is really uh, a factor that comes into play that many people don't think about at the age of, of middle age. And so when everything starts to decline, um, there's another precipitating factor that goes on. And it's another lesson that I learned is that the problem or the diagnosis that you get at a certain point in time uh, has usually been there for years, if not decades. Mm -hmm. So if I could share, I don't, I wish I could share my screen, but I actually have a PowerPoint picture mm -hmm. of two um, prepubescent, so an 11 year old and a 12 year old foot that mm -hmm. are already showing signs of two foot diagnoses that I deal with all the time. One wow. is bunions at, and that the age. Other at that age. So these, these issues a lot of times are, are present, but mm -hmm. they are not problematic yet. Mm -hmm. So it really does take a trained eye even and and when I when I say this, I'm not even limiting it to the average person. I'm talking professional athletes. Mm -hmm. So I could watch a tennis player or a golfer, and I could tell you where they're having problems, because that's the way my my mind works. You don't ever want to watch sports with me. <laughs> <laughs> I take it to a whole new level. But uh -huh. I find I I actually find it fascinating. That's what keeps my interest. But so that, that is something important to keep in mind. So the earlier we can get a good intervention or a correction, which is why I developed the program called Correct a Size, mm -hmm. the better off we're going to be. And again, it's looking at the whole body, how it relates to one another, and also addressing not just the musculoskeletal system, not just balance, but things like the vestibular system. And then also, obviously we talked about breathing. So I have a, a saying that I say all the time, and this came from my undergraduate physical therapy degree. My teacher had said that alignment dictates function. And I'll even mm -hmm. take it to another level. I believe that ideal alignment dictates not only function, and that's been proven by something called the length tension ratio that states that a muscle will contract with greatest vigor or strength when it's at a particular length. So if your posture is off, you're not going to be able to function optimally. Mm -hmm. So we can give you an example right now. As you're sitting in um, and we're speaking, you can sit nice and tall and mm -hmm. you can go ahead and press the flat part of your tongue on the roof of your mouth. Uh, and go ahead and take a deep breath into your diaphragm through your nose. Ready? Go. And you could time this if you wanted to, whatnot. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But now what you're going to do is you're going to sit like an older person or like if you were on, you know, your text, right? You're here, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Don't push the tongue on the roof of the mouth and try to breathe in. How does that feel? Not so great. So that is an example of alignment dictating the function of the diaphragm, right? Which is responsible for bringing air in. Um, it is also responsible 
for the flow, right, of mm -hmm. the oxygen through the tubes, right, because we're a series of tubes and wires. Mm -hmm. And then also frequency. And what's so interesting about that is uh, there was a research study done on, are you familiar with the power pose? Uh, yes. That is okay. Uh, so bef before pose. starting this podcast, I was just standing like this. I was trying to get into the power pose. Oh, and normally, uh, I've used it recently. Um, yeah. I've been doing some bungee jumps and some mm -hmm. some crazy things, and I've been right. using them. Yes, but please so go ahead and tell us what it is for the audience. Well, yeah, it's it's basically the quote unquote uh, hero's po pose with the hands on your hips mm -hmm. and your chest sticking out and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And apparently, um, among other hormones, I believe it increased testosterone by 800%. Yep. So if you need that boost of courage or energy or whatever, power pose is your go-to hack, right? So again, mm -hmm. that has to do with your alignment. So I'm saying that would probably, for me, be, uh, be a way to kind of akin it to frequencies. Because everyone's like frequency. What is that? You know, kind of, and even it baffles me sometimes. What What's this about mm -hmm. frequency? And so um, when I say alignment, it dictates function. It decrease, uh, inc it dictates frequency and it dictates flow. So I've just given you three examples of that, of how our posture can affect our mood and as well as affecting the um, physiology, right, from a flow and a function standpoint. So my goal has always been to restore alignment. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, um, that's half the battle. But the, the other half of the battle is, is that most people don't understand ideal or functional alignment. You know, the power pose is not a functional um, alignment for everyday life. It again, it's a hack. It's something mm -hmm. that you do when you um, when you require it. So, uh, what the programs that I teach, I teach what is optimal alignment. So, the the side effects of this are basically getting out of pain, right? Reducing stress on your joint. Mm -hmm. um, creating the ideal alignment for our muscles and our nerves and our digestive system and our um, arteries, veins, any other kind of tube in our body to work optimally. And that's, I mean, think about it. We have tubes that go from our heart to our brain. Those are pretty important. Mm -hmm. So again, if you are, you know, if you're feeling fatigued, if you're, you know, and you're not getting your answers otherwise, I believe that alignment is the most under, maybe estimated or under, mm, certainly undertreated, yeah, an undervalued aspect of health and performance. Mm -hmm. So um, another question came in, is alignment correlated with our sense of gravity? Yes, it is. Just like I said, because you know, everything, when you're in your ideal alignment, everything will be enhanced. Sensory, mm -hmm. musculoskeletal, and also circulatory, neuro. Um, as I said, it really, um, it really restores and optimizes everything to work better. 
Mm-hmm. And and that's beautiful. And one of the most important things that I mean, you've you've mentioned. Thank you for mentioning everything. Um, you bring up something really important that alignment is by far the most underlooked, even in professional teams, professional athletes. Exactly. I've I've trained with a lot of them, and the last thing someone would look into would be alignment. And thanks for sharing these aging processes because a few weeks ago I had a podcast with um, Simland. Um, he's uh, a very smart guy from Estonia, and we spoke about autophagy, and um, we went into some ways to reverse aging and looking at the hallmarks of aging, such as genomic instability, mitochondrial dysfunctioning, stem cell exhaustion. And we had an intense conversation about like loss of proteostatus. But one comment that I kind of got a lot after that was um, that, guys, you engage in a very heavy scientific dialogue and most of us didn't understand anything. So I'm so glad that oh, you... You just, you just mentioned like three things and I'm like... exactly Uh, so we we were we were talking a lot on like molecular biology and things like Mm -hmm. that and biochemistry but thank you for thank you for giving people the more practical approach to things because you mentioned so many things you mentioned about joints you know how i I would even say the fluid inside them the calcification of minerals those things impact so much uh digestive system you mentioned which also gets compromised because as you age you even are advice to have more like things like proton pump inhibitors and you know mm-hmm. antibiotics which will mess up with the gut bacteria and even one of the other things that you mentioned which i couldn't think about was our nervous system right because mm-hmm. our nervous system loses so much functions and there is waste um, collection waste buildup and we know decades later that results into alzheimer's and dementia which is a real problem in today's world and uh, yeah, thanks you for bringing all those things up. And everyone, and I would just uh, even say that everyone always tells us the blanket term that, hey, you've got to have a good posture, you, you know, just walk properly and you've got to have a good posture, but it's only limited to that. And no one actually gets into telling us why having a good posture or why mm-hmm. let's, let's take it to another level, why having a misaligned body is bad for you and then we have people who have their bodies misaligned and they're going and running the next marathon or doing their clean and jerks but um what is probably the i mean if we wanted to send out a warning sign for people then what would be some of the things that would really not work out if you if you engage in extreme sports or if you engage in some kind of professional sports where you can't, I mean, every second or every pound or every minute can add so much to what you're losing or winning. Right. And you walk in and alignment is not on your list, specifically talk to those athletes and those people who might engage in mobility, but not in really alignment. Yeah. And, and again, I would, I would, I would argue that um, alignment is the, you know, one of the keys, if not the greatest key to anti-aging mm-hmm. because of, of the conversation that we just, um, you know, that we just had. So the thing is, is that first of all, most people don't, even as a trained physical therapist, I was unaware of ideal alignment. Mm-hmm. So it is not only undervalued in the, medical rehab sports performance world, but it's certainly also undervalued or even understudied and underemphasized 
in the rehab world. And it wasn't until I started studying uh, for my advanced degree in manual physical therapy that I learned the ideal alignment for the rib cage. So we mm -hmm. have three, I'm sorry, we have one, two, three, four. Four key, I believe, key places in our bodies where we must have ideal alignment. The first is the foot. The second is the pelvis. The third mm -hmm. is the rib cage. And mm -hmm. the fourth is the skull, the cranium. So what is, what's interesting about all of those places, right, is that they are bases of support. So the foot is the base of support of the leg and the thigh. The pelvis is the base of support of the spine and the um, reproductive and, and uh, digestive organs, mm -hmm. as well as the kidneys as well. And then the rib cage is the base of support for the heart and the lungs, mm -hmm. right? And then the cranium is the base of support of your brain, your brain and all of your cranial nerves. So, you know, those are the key places to have uh, optimal and ideal alignment. And each one stacks on the other. And that is another reason why I started with the foot. Because if the foot's not functioning properly, the reason that I would say, yeah, 100% of postural abnormalities occur are for two reasons. Mm -hmm. There are two reactions. One, we have an innate sense not to fall, to maintain our balance. We don't yep. want to fall, right? That's a goal. Yeah. And anytime you stand, your goal is to stand, not fall, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the body will adapt in a way to keep the center of gravity as best possible um, within the base of support, again, which is the feet. So if your foot doesn't allow your body to translate forward, well, those are the people who are going to arch their back. And those are the people who are going to develop a hyperextended knee. Mm -hmm. So the body adapts to that. The second mechanism of adaptation is to keep the eyes on the horizon. It's another thing we don't think about. You don't see anybody walking around like this. Yeah. <laughs> Typically. You, I, mean, I mean, you'd walk, you'd walk away from them if you see them come yeah. close to you. Their, bo their bodies are, you know, are, can be askew, but the eyes are always going to be on the horizon. So that is um, the, second, the second mechanism. With, re, uh, with regard to the ideal alignment. And again, those key places, the other things tend to fall in line. So as I said, if you have an, a problem with your, any, if in your leg or your knee or your thigh, like your hip, mm -hmm. you need to address the foot. And you also need to address the pelvis because that goes along with the hip. Mm -hmm. Then if you have a low back problem, you need to certainly address the pelvis, which is below it, and the rib cage, which is above it. So you kind of always have to go above and below when you're dealing with, um, with any kind of orthopedic problem. You have a neck problem, you need to work the cranium. Magnificent, magical things happen when you work the cranium with regard to neck pain. Wow. And again, the majority of people are not, uh, not doing so. So another question mm -hmm. came, um, could the fear of falling be, psych, uh, be psychological? Um, well, what's interesting is, is that the fear of falling in and of itself is a risk factor to falls. So, um, you know, when you have a fear, right, it's always in your 
in your consciousness. And when things are in your consciousness, they often manifest. So, yeah. So what's really fascinating is, is that um, empowering people how to learn how to fall um, can be very beneficial in training programs. So I was a volleyball player and uh -huh. I am a skier and I also rollerblade. Wow, Falling you're so not, cool. Not, it's not it's not even in my consciousness. It's just a part of it's a part of the game. But I know yeah. how to do it without hurting myself. And therefore, I've never hurt myself falling. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's, uh, it's when you lose control and you you know that you're going to get hurt, and that's the time somehow, even if you even if you were going to fall and it's not gonna hurt you, you will just twist and turn and you would injure something. So yeah, it always manifests. Always on that. So many people tense up when when they're when they're in the fall. Rather than relax, they tense up. And apparently, mm -hmm. I, I had heard this in a class about falling. Is that um, a guy was I think unconscious in his trailer or something, and there was a tornado mm -hmm. that threw him like six hundred feet, and he wow. did not get hurt because, because he was relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that is, you know, and that that's where the fear comes in as well. It's like, you know, rather than tense up and a lot of times this will happen to me on blades or on when I ski is that I'll catch an edge or I'll hit a pub, a pebble or something like mm -hmm. that. But rather than than tense, I just correct automatically mm -hmm. because I, I don't, I'm not fearful of it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I do fall when mm -hmm. I, when I, on both of those things, but I don't get hurt. And I think that it's two part. One is the, um, that fear part and, and not being fearful of the fall. And the second thing is, is the work that I do. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about alignment, that's one of the keys. So I have a, a three part key. Also something I learned in physical therapy school is that you need to release, which means you have to have mobility within your joints. In order for you to realign, if something is stuck, it needs to get unstuck in order to be put in the right position. If it doesn't move, how can you align it? Hmm. So that is that's where another you know uh, another aspect that's that's very much um, you know undervalued and also underperformed by professionals is the release component. Everyone's telling you, oh, stand straight up, but what if you can't? So what I the example that I give for this is that if I'm trying to serve a tennis ball, but my arm only goes this high, I'm never going to be able to serve that tennis ball with any sort of accuracy, any sort of safety. My body's going to compensate. Yep. And what happens is, is that we are a manifestation of our compensations. And when our compensations run out, that is when we run into problems. So that's when, you know, you get a diagnosis. That's when you're getting pain. That's when you can't do the things that you can, you know, used to because your body has worn out its compensations. Mm -hmm. So we're compensating all the time. Why? To maintain our balance and keep the, the eyes on the horizon. But that doesn't mean we're holding ourselves properly and ideally and optimally. And that, in, in fact, is what is going to determine how we um, how long we can do sports, how well we're how good we're going to be at sports 
And then also, you know, what kind of length of our career are we going to have? How many injuries are we going to sustain? And how we're going to ultimately age? Mm -hmm. And that that is that is what my 38 years of experience have taught me. And I'm so glad that you're sharing that with us because, um, like I mentioned, we haven't heard about this before and I'm learning a lot. And I'm mm -hmm. sure the audience has gathered so much value from this. Now, in your 38 years of experience, have you ever looked into any ancient therapies like looking at Marma points, which are these um, these points around the body where the energy flows from or like you have around 37 different marma points and you have like so many different and then you have traditional chinese medicine side where you have these meridians which are also known as the energy highway of the human body through which um, energy or the chi flows and you have the yin side and the yang side have you experimented mm -hmm. with something like those before not consciously but now i'm learning what's what's so exciting is that you know when i see people um or when I do something and then I talk to somebody who is um, has, is more is well versed in what you've just spoken about, mm -hmm. we see the same things or we're doing the same things. I'm doing something, but I don't even realize I'm doing it. Yep. So what I do in, in my programs is that I teach people how to release and how you know whether you need to release or not is by experience by applying pressure, right? Mm -hmm. to a specific point. What is that? is that? It could be acupressure if you're on the right point, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. You're experiencing um, discomfort or pain, and then I create a movement around it. So maybe unconsciously or not, you know, yeah, not, not with that intention, mm -hmm. I'm also treating people energetically that I was never aware of. And so I've thought about that quite a bit. And now I'm being more mindful of intention and purpose and questioning and muscle testing and, you know, those things that I, I never did before as a practitioner. And I think it's just made me even stronger in my, um, in my successes as a result of those kinds of things. Because again, I believe that we're, we're kind of speaking um, we're saying the same things, but we're just speaking different languages. Different languages, correct. Yeah. Well, it's, it is quite interesting. Uh, recently, there have been a lot of attention on these energy medicine. I have experienced some energy medicine a few months ago when I was in India, and it was just fascinating to see some things that you cannot explain with science, but it's just there. And sometimes you just have to accept it and play along with it. Now, I also have been working out for quite some time. I think I started working out uh, when I was at the age of 14. And before that, I was doing a lot of martial arts. So I was trained in how to fall <laughs> and not mm -hmm. tense my body. And then I reached this point in my life where I was engaging in heavy CrossFit training, almost um, going to the like going to the pain cave five to six days a week. And I was doing it so much so because CrossFit training for competitions can be quite intense that I was actually yeah. living in the pain cave. And as a result of that, I started getting um, injured a lot. And then one day I was in Chicago and I decided to, I think it was my wrist that had a problem. And I decided to go to a chiropractor. And mm -hmm. when I was there, she's, I mean, she she took a diagnosis and she was just started laughing. And I was like, what's funny? And she said something to me, which was <laughs> just something like this. She's like, I, I, I mean, I can't quote her for this, but it, was, it went around this line. She was like, 
your body is so misaligned, especially one of your feet, mm -hmm. because one of your feet is actually shorter than the other one. And mm -hmm. I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, because you've been training for all these years and you haven't taken care of your alignment and things like that. So, you know, all that heavy lifting is just put one feet, like a couple of centimeters inside. I'm like, and I freaked out. I was like, how can this be possible? And I just started walking and I was like, you know, just out of, it just blew me away. And then the, she did do a multiple adjust, a few multiple adjustments mm -hmm. on me, on my wrist and things like that. And now I see the idea of going to a chiropractic quite useful but it's something that i've seen doesn't fix people in the long term and i yeah. wanted to get your take on that because again chiropractors mm -hmm. are working on joints up Absolutely. to some level but you talk a lot about connective tissues and how does that yeah. difference so i just wanted you to share yeah. some of your thoughts absolutely so that's those that's a great question and you, I think you answered your own question. So chiro traditional chiropractic typically works on the joint. Mm -hmm. However, our, our, our posture is not determined by our skeleton. It's determined by connective tissue. And I'll give you an example. If you've ever, have you ever eaten fish or steak? Yep. Yeah. Right. Well, if the form of the body was only due to skeleton, right? Mm -hmm. Then that connective tissue would just become liquefied and, and, and disperse, right? Mm -hmm. It maintains its form. So when you debone a fish, the fish is, is still in that position, you know, it's mm -hmm. still kind of intact, but, mm -hmm. um, but the skeleton's gone. Mm -hmm. So how do you explain that? So it's really the connective tissue. This is a big misconception is that it's the connective tissue that dictates the form of the body and impacts the skeleton. So if you don't address the connective tissue and you're only addressing the skeleton or the joints, then you're just going to go back out of alignment because the connective tissue has not changed. So you have to address the connective tissue first, then do the alignment, realign, right? So I say release, realign, reinforce. The release is the connective tissue and sometimes the joint, sometimes the nerve, sometimes mm -hmm. the skin. We, you know, again, we don't know. I would even I would even say mentally we need to release, right? What it is that yeah. we're doing. Then we need to realign, get mm -hmm. yourself into the right alignment, and then reinforce that proper alignment. Mm -hmm. So reinforcing it is is usually just functioning on in your daily life in ideal alignment as well as when you're doing your CrossFit or your exercise or something. It's not that people shouldn't do those things. They mm -hmm. shouldn't do them on a misaligned body. So when you're driving a car and you get a flat tire, do you keep driving that car? Never. No, no. you pull over immediately. Well, and I hope whoever's listening to this doesn't yeah. because we don't want any more accidents on the streets. <laughs> Exactly. So, but, but what we're doing, how we're functioning in our life is oftentimes on either a tire with low air or a tire that's completely flat. Mm -hmm. So where everything that you put on top of that, that's stressful is going to contribute to further breakdown, further wear and tear, further problems. And um, there's another question that came up. So um, this individual who's sharing is a senior and has sustained a couple of falls and now is fearful of falling. So 
the idea is, is that, you know, what should you do? Okay. First, you, I believe if, if you were coming to me, I would want to try to understand why you're falling. So this happened actually in real world with one of my patients years ago. She was a tennis player and she fell on the court, I think twice, maybe three times. And one time she fractured her foot. The other time, I think she fractured her hip. So mm -hmm. she had two pretty severe falls. They were always on the tennis court, no other time. So I did my little detective work and I said, okay, well, what movement happens on the tennis court that doesn't always happen in the real world? And it was that lateral movement, right? Yep. So what I did was I had her mimic keeping, let's say these are my feet, keeping her feet on the ground, but shifting her body. Mm -hmm. So let me grab my, my little skeleton here. Okay. So what I mean by that, her foot's on oh. the floor and I had her shift the lower leg over her foot. So what you do, mm -hmm. I call this, I call this foot clocks is that you keep your, your entire body stationary and then you move forward, backward with your body completely straight, then side mm -hmm. to side. Well, as soon as she moved, even just a smidge, as soon as she moved, her big toe came off the ground when she moved this way laterally. Mm -hmm. okay? Big toe came off the ground. So if your feet cannot stay on the ground as you're moving about those planes of motion, then you're losing your base of support. And if you don't have a base of support, right, to maintain your center of gravity on, when you lose your base of support, you lose balance and you fall. Mm -hmm. All I did, I'm not kidding, in five minutes, maybe less. I, because of the, the um, technique that I use, the method that I use, which I won't get into, but I was able, I'm able to discern exactly where it is in your body that's causing mm -hmm. that lack of movement to occur. So as a result of watching her do this, uh, I determined where her problem was. And it was not, this is the great thing. It wasn't even on the leg that she suffered the fractures. It was on the opposite leg. That was the okay. problem. So again, traditional physical therapy would have looked at the leg that was injured. Mm -hmm. It was the other leg. And um, I released it in five minutes. She never fell again. Saw oh, her wow. years later, never fell again. So uh -huh. again, how did that happen? Well, you know what? Maybe at one point in time in her life, her shin knocked into a chair or a piece of furniture and it got bruised and then got adhered, right? And then that adhesion, right, translates because the connective tissue from that region goes all the way to the toe. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so that was, that was the reason that she was falling. So to answer your question, you, I, I believe that it would be helpful for anyone who's sustained multiple falls to try to figure out what is lacking in, um, in with regard to or precipitating their falling. So mm -hmm. is it a foot issue? It's either a foot, a pelvis, or vestibular. Those are the three areas. So is it a foot issue? Is it a pelvis issue? Is it a vestibular issue? You have to look at all three. It could be a combination. So there's no, there's no harm in addressing all three, but then when you're dealing with that fear component, right? 
if it's um, if it's as simple as you know one problem getting you know getting knocked out and and really obvious like the last example, well then you should get over your fear pretty quickly because that means that that is no longer there and not no longer an issue for you. So that um, that is very very um, helpful. The other thing is learning how to fall. That would be and trying not to panic because again if you have not suffered. Um, a, you know, any damage a lot of people do when they fall. Mm -hmm. uh, be reaction times. Again, this is all core muscle. This is all reaction time. This is all the things that we talk about that alignment will restore, right? The ability to get your hands above your head, you know, if you're falling. The ability, if you fall backwards, to contract your neck muscles so your head doesn't hit the ground. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yep. Um, you know, because you have to, you have to go against momentum. So it's a really complete, uh, com complete, um, picture. So, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and again, you know, somebody's, uh, and this person I know wants to get their answer. Remember, <laughs> this I person is quite, this I person is I'm quite motivated, but I think yeah. this person has had enough, uh, questions <laughs> answered because we're okay. running a bit short on time no and problem. we want to probably, um, and, uh, whoever this person is, we all can, um, you could follow um, the website that we're going to share in a moment yeah. and the YouTube channel and you can get more information and you can connect directly yeah. with DL. Yeah. Um, and DL, just uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you that uh, I think one of the things that is happening these days is that a lot of people are sitting down with their back hunched up, looking in front of their computer screens, because like that's the new, mm -hmm. that's the new average. Actually, I would even extend that, extend to saying that you know people are actually walking around with their neck completely down, and you know, mm -hmm. just putting all the weight on their cervical spine. And I think this person asked about the cervical spine compression, and how dangerous is that? Because I know from one research that I've seen that if if you're just standing in an upright position and you're looking straight on the horizon, you're putting about four to five kgs of pressure on your cervical spine that extends from your neck. And that extends all the way up to 27 kgs or 60 pounds when you're at a 60 degree angle, which is something that you would normally use your phone in. You'd have mm -hmm. your neck bent down and that would be a 60 degree angle. So is there any way to like, I mean, because we can't stop people from using their Instagrams and Twitters and things like mm -hmm. that. But is there something that you can advise them to do later? Like maybe there's a stretch or something else? Yeah. So the best thing, okay, so just to go back with that, we're actually, as a as a species, developing an extra vertebra as a result of this cell phone mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. So that's really, it tells you how accommodating the human body is. I mean, it's just fascinating. And it can, and it can tolerate so much stress, really. So the most important thing is to take breaks. So it's not that you can't do anything, right? Particularly if you have good alignment, you just shouldn't do it for too long because mm -hmm. any position that you're in for too long is bad. And that's okay. why people with paralysis have to be turned because if not, their skin literally breaks down. So um, it's not so much about the bad position. It's about that position for too long. The best thing that I can recommend is dictating. Okay. It's just easier. I mean, if you can get into the habit of dictating, I think yeah. it's probably in your best interest to do so. And, and okay. then just be mindful of your posture. 
pain is your body's way of telling you that you're in the wrong alignment. Mm -hmm. So if you get a trigger, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not comfortable here. It means that you need to move. Mm -hmm. You need to go ahead and change your position. So no longer than 40 or 50 minutes in one position. And then again, change it. So if you're on the couch or in a chair, go ahead and lay down and put your, your, you know, phone at a different angle or be supported in a different way. Go on your stomach. You know, it's more about maintaining movement than maintaining perfect alignment every minute of every day, because that's, that's just not life. We have to move and function. So, yep. you know, um, those things are going to be, you know, obviously important, but yeah, I mean, um, t texting phone, that's a thing. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you could take my program and go through my system and then we could address those things. But, um, you know, it's it's a combination of a lot of problems. Like I said, we'll compensate. And then when we run out of compensations, that's when we, you know, develop pain, become injured, get diagnosed and, and that kind of thing. And then sadly get intervention. And it's it's, you know, 10 times harder to do when you're already dealing with other things then you know early intervention and it's it's so key so i hope that answered your question but yes, the other hack, the other one hack i will say and this is a hack um mm -hmm. and it's good for breathing as well this was in the breath book flat mm -hmm. part of the tongue on the roof of the mouth mm -hmm. and that not only um opens your airway but it also helps to stabilize the cranial muscles mm -hmm. and also the um yeah the, i'm sorry the, the cervical muscles Mm -hmm. So it also helps stabilize the cervical muscles. And again, the core muscles of the, the neck are the stabilizers. Okay. So these are the stabilizing muscles that are the protective muscles. And that's what I would, um, that would be the hack that I could recommend aside from movement. Thank you for that. For a long time now, I have been practicing something that you've just said. So, I mean, everyone can practice this, but maybe you need some, some people need some more things than the others. So I, right now I'm on a standing desk and normally the way I work is I would be in a position for 30 to 45 minutes and then I'll take a five minute break. And in this five minutes, I'm either doing some push-ups or I'm foam rolling or I'm just doing some breath work or I'm just going down to grab something. And then I get into another position, but this time maybe I'm sitting down or I have a squat desk where I just have to squat and like use, I mean, this is oh, a bit wow. intense, but uh, I just That's have to awesome. squat down and I just keep my laptop in front of me. And as the day moves, I'm just challenging myself with these different positions, something that um, now that we're in the end of the show, one other thing that I use is Sometimes when I'm standing, especially in the beginning of the day, I move my balance from standing from one leg to the other, again, mm -hmm. to engage the vestibular system and then use that, use the whole balance component. Mm -hmm. And recently I've started as a part of my morning routine, I've started doing these um, yoga exercises, you can call them Tibetan rites. And one of them is basically what you have to do is you have to look on the horizon, look at the place for her and spread your arms and then mm -hmm. just turn and then keep looking at the horizon and just keep on turning and turning and turning. Now, energetically, we know that when we wake up in the morning, our energy centers, like most of the times our lower energy uh, centers are activated. And when you look at a lot of ancient traditions, the act of circling starts mm -hmm. a vortex, or you can even see this in water science, like things like what Victor Schomburg has spoken about or, um, 
this professor from Georgetown University, I forget his name, he's, um, he's spoken about the fourth phase of water. And basically, if you want to add energy to the water or you want to increase the potentiality of hydration in the cells, it just adds some kind of vortex or energy to it. And it's the same way when you add energy to the human body by spinning, it mm -hmm. kind of like moves all of your lower energy to your upper uh, parts of your, let's say, vortexes or chakras. But one of the other things I liked about it is that when you spin for a number of like 10 or 21 times, you start getting dizzy. And if you do that first thing in the morning, you're actually training every day your vestibular system to yeah. come in alignment. Yes. And that is something that I wanted to share with the audience as well. And I wanted to get your take on it. If uh, yeah, if, That's just a side effect of uh, activating all those energy centers. You know, and, and again, it goes back to, and it's a perfect way to, to wrap up because we talked right at the beginning about rotation, right? Mm -hmm. So again, we are very planar when particularly, you know, moving. So another, another thing for somebody who doesn't, you know, might fall when they're walking is to, you know, train yourself to walk backwards, walk forwards. You know, again, it's not only training your body, but it's training your mind and your sensory systems as you as you mentioned so you're standing on one foot it's training you know the right if you're standing on your right foot then it's training the left side of your brain if you're standing on the left it's it's activating your right side of the brain same thing with the nostrils same thing with the ears so mm -hmm. if we want to again i think this was in breath but if we wanted to activate the parasympathetic system we close the right nostril and breathe in and then you can exhale through the left i'm Sorry, vice versa. Yeah. Inhale through the left, exhale through the right. But you can also yeah. switch it up. Inhale through the right and exhale through the left if you want to wake up. So, you know, you have all of these interesting hacks. And then if you add um, inner, inner thoughts to that, like mm -hmm. chatter, like positive reinforcement. So I've been doing this lately where um, when I breathe in, you know, what do I want to inspire? What do I want to bring bring into my body? So I might want to bring in love and energy and joy and peace and whatever. What do I want to expire? I want to expire doubt and fear and pain and sorrow and that kind of thing. So if I think of those triggers and then actually reinforce that with my body, I think it's so much more powerful than just, you know, um, doing affirmations. True. When you add an affirmation to action, I think you give it power, action and alignment. How about that? Action and alignment. I like it. The two A's. Yeah. yeah. Affirmation, <laughs> action, and alignment all together. Oh, three. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, just we just created something. We just created something really cool. <laughs> yeah. We have to TM that. And I'd like to give you another. I'd like to give you yeah. another hack because we were on this and you and the audience. So every time you're starting to eat your meal, right? Most of the times we're like, let's say the general population is always on a run. There are things on the mind, bullets firing out of the email, and you're somehow energetically disaligned. And even your um, stress hormones in your body, like cortisol is elevated. And what happens when you're stressed, whether if you're eating after a workout or you're stressed, thinking about something or even watching TV or news on the TV, this actually activates your sympathetic nervous system and we've seen research that shows that when sympathetic nervous system is activated your gut microbes mm -hmm. also are stressed and they cannot get or they cannot absorb as much as nutrition from the mm -hmm. food that you're eating but one of the things that is again free that you can do is that you close your right nostril mm -hmm. and basically you can um 
you can do it as I do it as low as five times. So you could just close your right nostril, take a deep breath in from your left nostril. And deep breath out from the left nostril itself. You do this five times and it automatically puts you into this parasympathetic, which is a rest mm -hmm. and digest nervous system. And if you want to add some more things, if you take a moment to be quiet, if you take a moment to think about where your food came from, all the kind of things mm -hmm. that led to that uh, that animal or, you know, just how many trucks has it been transported in or your local farmer. And if you just add a few seconds of prayer, love, gratitude mm -hmm. and that meal automatically that will just shift your body's energy to like very parasympathetic and now you can get more and i tell this more to athletes because people have this habit of you know crushing a workout and then just taking a protein shake and then coming back because they don't want to miss their mm -hmm. 40 minute window and things like that and they just want to eat 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 but chances are like when you're so stressed out you don't even have the right digestive enzymes like pepsin mm -hmm. amylase all these different things that can actually break down that food in a stress state. So for anyone who's listening, don't, if you're stressed, you rather fast than eat. Cause if you're just like running and you're, you're walking in the phone and talking and eating things, that meal is not going to give you any nutrition. And I mean, there's chances like any meal that you eat, the nutrition value is quite low. So try that hack next time, come to silence, do a bit of breath work and you just have to do it five times. So it doesn't take too much. And that's about it. And when you talk about um, coming full circle, that's almost exactly prayer. Yep. Before a meal, saying grace, which exactly. you know has has lost its, um, you know, its what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, it's it's lost its commonplace. Mm -hmm. So again, I think that so many of these traditions and the things that people kind of quote unquote, you know, they learn through generations of doing and they didn't exactly know why, you know, so you said that this, you know, this, this doesn't make sense from a scientific standpoint. I would, I would venture to guess it doesn't make sense yet. Yeah. Cause science needs to catch up with mm -hmm. the things that we know already. Mm -hmm. That is and, in our DNA. And, and, and just prove it. And, and I think that that is something that again is, is happening and happening and happening. And, so, you know, maybe someday that that super smart guy can can articulate the whole alignment thing a little bit better. But, um, you know, in, from a scientific standpoint, so we will uh, get there. Yeah. yeah, we're almost yeah, we there. Will. Yeah, so there, thank I you. see all these studies coming out. Thank you. Thank you so much. I see all these studies coming every day on gratitude and, you know, prayer mm -hmm. and forgiveness and things like that. So I'm pretty sure we're getting there as we're making like big jumps or um yeah big jumps mm -hmm. in this our part and now we've come to the end of the podcast and um dl honestly this was fantastic the kind of knowledge that you shared your experience like the practical tips i am so grateful that you could be on the podcast talk to me talk to the audience answer so many questions and i really really appreciate what you do now, if someone wants to find you and they want to get into your correct size course or fit over 40 or just check out your videos, because I'm sure you do a lot of videos on YouTube as well, right? I have a good amount. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. I, that, that says it all. That says it all. Um, so if someone wanted to do that, what's the best way to get in touch with mm -hmm. you or reach you? Sure. So 
um, my YouTube channel is Fix You Online TV, and it's with a U, not Y-O-U. So mm-hmm. Fix, the letter U, Online TV. Uh, currently, my website is fixyouonline.com. And that can then take you to um, the Correctasize or my other foot solutions that I have right now. And, um, you know, from there, you can always um, you can always reach out to me on Facebook. You can PM me uh, via Fix You Online, which is a Facebook page uh, or as DL Walker. And okay. uh, yeah, I love answering questions. Um, sometimes I shoot a video to answer it and then I put it on YouTube and Facebook and and that way, because so many of us have some of the same questions or my question might really help to trigger an aha for somebody else. So mm-hmm. um, why not share? If we all can is listening right now, then you know where to find DL and shoot your question. Maybe we'll, um, if she makes a video, share it with me and I'll put it on my Instagram channel. Okay. DL, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you so you. much for everything. Thank and you. Um, everyone, this is CJ signing out from Shift with CJ podcast. All of you have an energetic week ahead of you. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.